Now that he knew what to watch for, he could easily read it in Adeline's specific moves, the way he eased Aranev to attack him, then barely fend off the blows. Adeline Colin was cleverer than Sedius had given him credit for. Better at dueling as well. It took skill to win a bout, but it took true mastery to win while making it look the whole time that you were behind. As the fight progressed, the crowd got into it, and Adeline made it a close contest. Sadius doubted many others would see what he did. There might be a future for this boy, he thought. More so than his father, at least. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 2, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 29 and 30 of Words of Radiance. If you haven't caught up in your reading yet and you want to make sure that you don't miss anything, go back and make sure that you've all caught up. Um, If you have skipped an episode, episode by accident, please make sure that you're on the right one. We wouldn't want you to miss any of the fun. If you're exactly where you're supposed to be, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and with me is my co-host, who has never really cared about deniability. It's Jack. What's up, man? <laughs> How you doing? Good. Never really cared about deniability. Yeah, that's the, the line that Sadius says to Amram yeah, when uh, he's... I know. Yeah, I love that. I think it's really oh kind of badass gosh, of him this... being like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just going to do whatever I want. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- this is a really, really, really good chapter. I love this chapter, The Rule of Blood. It's the only, it's only the second time that we get a um, Sadius point of view, right? Like, uh, Right. And and I was very excited. I, is this the first time that we get his first name as Toral, or have we already covered that? I think that? we've already had that before. Um, yeah. But it gets used, I, like... I liked by, it. A- yeah, by used. Amaram talking yeah. to him, and like, yeah, they're on a first name basis, and then uh, yeah. ELA, his wife, uses it, so... I like it a lot. Um, I mean, here, let me ask you, before we even start the show, let me ask you, um, do you, yeah. you, clearly you would much rather have a, a villain who has depth to him, right? Like you want a villain who has layers, who might be slightly sympathetic or, or, or at least, you know, complicated. You don't want like a, just a, you know, a faceless bad guy. I, in my time, I have enjoyed, I've enjoyed both. Okay. So I, I enjoy the monolith that has only one way of thinking, one way of being pure evil coming for you relentless over and over and over again. Right. That's probably why I like, uh, certain, uh, slasher movies. From yeah. The like 80s, a Jason Voorhees is 70s, very Michael Myers. You know, I, I, I enjoy the simplicity of that. Um, like, it, you know, do I like a layered cake? Sure. Do I want icing and sprinkles and all kinds of things? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, it, or, or do I want more, more flavor in, in, in the cooking? Sure. It, it's, 
it's more sophisticated. Well, if we're so, if we're keeping in this like October themed, because um, we're kind of mm. it's, it's October when we're recording right now. I, I know exactly. we hate to do this where we talk about when we're recording because then like two months from now when they listen to it, they're like, "It's December, fuckers!" Like, um, <laughs> but like we are thinking about Halloween, and so a yeah. you know a one note bad guy in a slasher movie is like Jason Voorhees. Not really much backstory. You know, there's no a tiny little origin story, but he's just this like faceless, yeah. literally faceless bad guy who just keeps coming. Whereas Freddy, well, he has a face; it's just only a face that a mother could love. Right, right. Whereas or... <laughs> Freddy is kind of a more layered bad guy. You know, he's got a kind of a complicated backstory. He's kind of evil. He's not sympathetic. But he's definitely a more layered bad guy than Jason Voorhees is. You know, he's funny. He's like the Uncle Freddy uh, um, bad guy thing. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit in the uh, bonus episode that we did. He's got the hijinks factor. He's got the clown, the clowny kind of factor. And of course, he's got this entire dreamscape sort of component. Right. But it, but in terms of, in terms of Sadius, like, and even with even with Amaram, it's just they're villains that, um you can't help but uh, almost uh, sympathize with their point of view. And that was something that I thought was really well done when I was watching Game of Thrones. Because when I started watching that TV show, Mm -hmm. I really hated Jamie Lancaster. Lannister. I don't say Lannister. I know you say Lancaster. Because because I hate him so much, I won't. I, I, I couldn't say his last name correctly because I just, I hated the character so much. I was like, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> so it's but, like by, the... but somewhere along the journey of that series, I couldn't believe it. Like, I yeah. started to like the guy. Yeah, or, that's the point. Right? Or that's the whole point. And it was mind-blowing for me because I just... I just didn't think that I could have any sympathy or interest in a incestuous, you know, kid killing or sorry, I suppose he didn't really die. No, but he uh, attempted to kill the kid. But he had had every intention of, yeah, so he's this incestuous character that attempts to kill a child and he's, he killed members of his own family, like, you know, and to, to, to bring that around where you're actually kind of interested in the character, I find it sort of similar to this journey with Sadius. Like many of the things he says are interesting to chew on. Yeah. There's a moment here in the chapter we're about to cover, but he, I love it when he's sitting down watching the the battle, watching the duel and he's actually impressed with Adeline and he's like, this, this kid shows lots of promise. Like he almost wants to take him under his wing. Yeah. Dude, I, I felt it as if it was, you know, the emperor looking at Anakin. (laughs) I like that a lot. It was so cool. Like it was really sinister. I thought this whole, this whole, um, back scratching, moment as he's watching this yeah. fight unfold like it's really cool and yeah. i really liked I, I i was thinking about that a lot like oh, okay there is someone else in your life that you have to scratch their back right right i think that's so, exactly the metaphor right like yeah and he also so and it I, also i want to talk about his wife it also shows that he, he he loves her you know um he's a fucking right bastard but he also yeah. cares about people there's certain people he cares well, about so he needs he needs things there are talents that she has right 
that he needs yeah, and she's, she scratches she's her a whole other mystery uh, uh in in these uh, little povs so. we get from sadius we yeah. get these little nuggets that the ela is yeah very complicated and kind of resourceful and like she's almost like maybe the villainous yasna maybe take away the scholarship but she's yeah you know how yasna hires assassins yeah. to make sure that there's no assassins that are after her family like ela is mm-hmm. like you know kind of the same kind of model right i like it a mm-hmm. lot i think it's really awesome yeah it's really cool. All right, well, let's well, get to it. Listen, I, I, well, let's get to the chapter, but first I got to drop a bomb. So, oh, okay. For some reason, I have thought about, uh, I have seen rather uh, around each of the chapters, of course, there's this stone working of faces. Mm-hmm. I have I have pondered them all in terms of the permutations, like depicting, uh, depicting what uh, could be construed as like hooded figures and kings mm-hmm. and uh, and several other female characters. But also at the bottom, there's this eye. Right. And the eye has two pupils. Mm-hmm. And I was, I've been wondering what that means. I don't know. But I just heard in my mind today, for the first time, the words unite them. Like unite the and pupils? What I, unite. <laughs> unite. Let's mush these eyeballs together. Like just... No, I was, thi- I was thinking two people inside of one being. Okay. So that's the first time I've had that thought. So I don't know if that means anything in terms of uh, where the story is going, mm-hmm. but I do find it really interesting that there's two uh, pupils. And then I, I, just, I just thought for the first time, I thought, well, that could be two peoples in one thing. Maybe that's the Unite Them. And then, of course, I immediately thought of the Dark, the dark Crystal, where the two species merge together at the end right. to form the one. Right. Anyways, that's uh, just inside. So jumping in. Art form for colors beyond our ken, for its grand songs we yearn. We must attract creation spren. These songs suffice till we learn. That's the stanza we get at the beginning. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But we must attract creation spren. Mm-hmm. These songs suffice till we learn. I really love the spren. Can I just say that again? I just enjoy these little guys. Yeah, they're so great. Shalon Sadius. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that Shalon attracts creation spren all the time. Mm-hmm. She's drawing; they're always around her. She's always creating. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, if anybody wants to have a successful art form dealings, they should just hire Shalon to just draw for them, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Oh, there's one. There's one." Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Toral Sadius is uh, has Oathbringer rested. Uh, on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's breathing in the sweet, moldy scent of Parshendi blood, the thrill of battle surging within him. Um, how is it worded? A blessed and beautiful strength. <laughs> his own blood was pumping so loudly in his ears that he almost couldn't hear the battlefield shouts and groans of pain. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's it's almost like a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it faded this uh this thrill the thrill always faded it was fleeting and it was becoming less and less sweet it appeared on these parshendi raids likely because he knew deep inside that this contest was pointless yeah it's kind of elaborating a little bit on what he mentioned last pov with him is that right. he's just being he's dissatisfied with this whole war dude there's so much about sadius in this chapter it's unreal um Slaughtering creme-covered savages in a herald's forsaken land had truly lost its savor. Mm-hmm. He's also like Dalinar right now. He's sharing his his real feelings on the battles. Yeah, 
He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it either, but he won't tell anyone that. No. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Amaram approaches him across from the battlefield. Yeah, his shard plate was bloodied purple up to the elbows. And he carried a glimmering gem heart in a gauntleted hand. And he, I think he tosses it over to him or something like that. Yeah. And then he says, he says to Sadius, your maneuver here today failed, you realize. Failed, he, um, Sadius says. Yeah, he, uh, uh, Amaram's actually tossing it in the air and catching it with his hand. Like, oh yeah, okay, kind of lifting like it up. In a gloating kind of manner, I think, like, you know. Like a baseball or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he says, failed, Sadius says. I, I think it, I think it's, uh. I think this went quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Amaram points. This is really cool. I like this a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Amaram points across uh, the war camps at these banners that are indicating the colors and uh, I guess the heralds of Hatham and Royal, the two high princes that were supposed to have gone on this plateau run, mm-hmm. but they had arrived together. And we're deploying Dalinar's tactics with the bridges, right? Mm-hmm. So Dalinar's having an effect right. on a few of the high princes. Now, this I thought was really interesting uh, to read about. Um, and then, of course, it says here, one of the advantages of the bridge crews Sadius preferred was that they needed very little training to function. And then he thinks, if Dalinar had thought to slow him down with his stunt of trading Oathbringer for Sadius's bridgeman, You've been proven a fool. Right. Because there's always just more guys you can more, enslave to right. make Bridgman, yep. right? There's always a faucet, right? Yeah, there is. There is. Before we move on here, there's a little part I want to just point out that um, yeah. Sadius, um, his, uh, Amaram's own guard fanning out to join those with his high prince, Sadius spared right. a moment of annoyance at how efficiently, efficiently they moved. They moved, Particularly yeah. when compared to his own men. So yeah. Amaram's private men are right. very Vanguard, efficient yeah. and very well trained in comparison to even Sadius's men, which makes him a little bit pissed. And I, I point yeah. this out because we have to remember that Cal... Learn to fight under Amaram's army. Amaram. Yep. Right? So like, yep. say what you will and about the bastard that Amaram is, he does right. run a great army. He's right. a good general who teaches his under generals or his sergeants or whatever, captains, to train the men properly. So his fighting force is actually really, really great. We can't right. forget that, right? It's, it's, it's interesting there. Actually, I, I like that you bring that up because... A little later, there's this moment that I kind of want to compare to Goodfellas. And uh, this is yet another little moment that shows uh, Sadius's jealousy or concern with any of those around him. Right. Like he, he always has a little something that he harbors inside in terms of, you know, jealousy mm-hmm. or he, or he covets or he um, is angry or something like, mm-hmm. like each, each person around him. He has that little thing in him that, that could convince him maybe to eliminate right. his, his friends and allies. So he, um, th- he, there's a moment like this later whenever he's at the duel and he's talking about not being in the shard plate anymore and being an old man and, and not being an old man's game anymore. And like, we'll get to it, but yeah, there's, there's a little bit, it feeds into it a little bit later. The moment that, that I want, I'm really excited to talk about is when they refer to Hatham's Rishadium. Oh yeah. And he's so jealous that's of it. So <laughs> jealous. And oh, yeah. the way he's, that's why I want to compare it to Goodfellas. Cause yeah. it's, it's like when, when Robert De Niro is like a, a, after the caper, um, 
and he's trying to decide like who who am I gonna allow like alive with this? Yeah. And he's, he's smoking on a cigarette and he's looking around the bar and he's thinking, you know what, that rice shadium, I I fucking want that. Yeah. What do I have to do? <laughs> what, what do I have, I have to, to do, do to get, get it? it? Yeah. And he and he's sizing up Haytham like yeah. Haytham. That's so okay. great. Yeah, it's so yeah. great. Um Okay, so Amram says, uh, we need we needed to get out of here. Seize the gem heart and return before the others arrived. Then you could have claimed that you didn't realize you weren't in the rotation today. The arrival of both armies removes that shred of deniability. <laughs> you mistake me. You assume I still care about deniability. Yeah. The I like this. It's a nice declaration here. Oh, dude, yeah. He just doesn't care. You're right. Yeah. Parshendi died with enraged screams, which Sadius felt proud of that. Asshole. Oh, he's such a, such a fucker. Yeah. Um, others said Parshendi warriors on the field never surrendered, but he'd seen them try it long ago in the first year of the war. They'd laid down their weapons and then he would slaughter them all personally with yeah. shard hammer and plate. What a brutal, like, see, you know, like he's, he's meant for war. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, he is. You know? To finish a battle, get this, the way it's worded here in the text, to finish a battle the proper way. Yeah. That's how Sadius think, to finish it properly. Right, exactly. No survivors. No survivors. You just slaughter. Yeah. Sadius waved for the vanguard to gather and escort him back to the war camps, and Amram joined him, passing, get this, passing idling bridgemen who lay on the ground and slept while better men died. Yeah brutal like the judgments in this text there's so much insight into who he is and sure. and and a, and a very conflicted character too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because as much as he's all about this he's tired of the war yeah he wants to wear we'll, we'll get to it but you know fashion is insufferable right he he wants to dude, really look like Dalinar. Dude, he doesn't. Does he ever? That's right? my favorite. That's one of my favorite things of this chapter. Yeah, it's, Fashion, it's so he's important. Tugging on the collar, he's like, yeah. You know, it, it's like it's like Adeline is around his throat. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because because Adeline represents the fashion. Right, he does. He's into it, and yeah. he's tugging. And all at he the wants to do and, is go back to being to wearing an yeah. a, a, a uniform like Dalinar. Yeah. yeah unpainted it, the yeah. it's we cannot Dude. overstate how important it is to be inside Sadius's head even little things mm -hmm. like you just pointed out where better mm -hmm. men died um yeah it's it's so it, it just informs his whole worldview you know what I mean yes yeah yes. so it's really important I'm duty bound to join you on the battlefield says Amram but I want you to know that I do not approve of our actions here we should be seeking to bridge our differences with the king and Dalinar not trying to agitate them further Sadius snorts, don't give me that noble talk. It works fine for others, but I know you for the ruthless bastard you really are. So this is, I this is great that. here. Yeah. Dude, it's so, it's like, no, 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 you can't. You, you like, like, You're pretending knows, right now. You don't have to pretend around me. Right. Yeah. Right. I just, I love it that he calls him out on that. Yeah. Toral, he says softly, this is Amram speaking. Toral, there is so much more to the world than your squabbles. You're right about me, of course. Take that admission with the understanding that to you, above all others, I can speak the truth. Alfkar needs to be strong for what, it, for what is coming. He mounts on his horse. And uh, Alfkar, sorry, Sada says, Alfkar does not need to be strong. 
so I'll make it so by force of fist and the rule of blood. Mm -hmm. There's the title. Yeah. MRM reluctantly placed the gem heart there. I like to pause there. <laughs> I put a little asterisk there. He, he's not fully on board. No. I don't think. It says reluctantly place the gem heart with Sadius and Sadius grips it, holding his reins in the other hand. Mm -hmm. MRM says, do you ever worry about what you do and about what we must do? Worry, Sadius says. Why should I? It gives the wretches a chance to die in battle for something worthwhile. The wretches. Right? That's yeah. how he sees them too. And he's would have been delighted if, um, if uh, um, Kaladin had thrown himself into the into the chasm yeah it's um, um you, you... there's there's a couple of things i want to point out here in this little part um yeah. okay. one what do you think about um uh amram saying alethkar needs to be strong for what is coming right it's like he's got a little bit of insight that there's something brewing he does talk with dalinar quite a bit they are i they think portray them as it... friends right that's what it shows. Yeah. That's Dalinar coming forth. Right. Having talked to, to Amaram, maybe influencing a little bit how Amaram thinks, but also we have to be always aware that Amaram, I mean, Sadius just called him out on it. Amaram yeah. puts a very pleasant face on everything and then has his own reasons for doing things, right? When he says, um, mm. it's like, do you ever worry about what you do and about what we must do? I feel like mm. he's saying, like, you got to be careful right. what people see you do. You know what I mean? Like, your right. motivations can be one thing, but you have to make sure that people see it what appears you, differently. Appears yes. differently, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so, uh, well, we, we get to that with Shalon as well in the next chapter. Um, he says, Amram says, you say things like that a lot these days. I've noticed you weren't like that before. And then Sadius says, I've learned to accept the world as it is, Amaram. That's something very few people are willing to do. They stumble along, hoping, dreaming, pretending. That doesn't change a single storming thing in life. You have to stare the world in the eyes, in all its grimy brutality. You have to acknowledge its depravities. Live with them. It's the only way to accomplish anything meaningful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh, yeah. It's so great. But it says here that Amaram would remain loyal. Sadius and Amaram had an understanding that even Amaram now, being a shardbearer, would not change that. Mm -hmm. And this is the this is the part where I, th I thought it was good, fellas. So yeah. Sadius's vanguard approaches Hatham's army. He sees a group of Parshendi and sends a a group of uh, he sees a group of Parshendi scouts that are being kind of daring and, and getting you know, closer, kind of forward, getting closer, looking, and he's like. He sends a group of archers to scare them off. Yeah. Remember, which, remember Navani wrote in her journal that they started noticing that the Parshendi scouts were getting closer and closer and lingering right. after battles longer and stuff. Right. So, yeah. It would kind of, if, if I were Sadius, it would kind of annoy me that approaching Hatham's army, that Hatham didn't do it. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like that would, that would put a bug in, uh, you know, in my ear just, just, just with that. Like, it's like Sadius is like, I'm not even supposed to fucking be here, but I got to do everything fucking properly. Right. You know what I mean? Like th th there we are being spied upon. Why right. haven't you sent a group over there to take care of it? So right. he does it immediately on the way over. Mm -hmm. So I could, I was kind of imagining him already kind of getting pissed, like heading over to Hatham's right. area. And he sees Hatham uh, uh, atop this Rishadium 
And there he there we have another nugget of jealousy. Yeah. Right? So he's jealous of Amaram's uh, ability to to run a good a good uh, army. Yeah. Everything is uh, you know um, prim and proper, or let's say efficient. Um, he's jealous of this Rishadium that that Hatham has. Yeah, how to you know, get it's one? Like he, I love that line. How to get one? Well, and, and he's got Oathbringer now. Mm-hmm. So he probably thought the same thing about uh, Dalinar. Right. You know, like how to get that sword? I, yeah. How how can I get that? Right. He he probably didn't expect to get it the way he did, but. Um, I love this part. Hatham's like just pissed. Yeah. He's like, "What are you? What like? What have you done here? Like, what, what are have you, you done here? Like, because Sadius yeah. isn't even supposed to be here. So we get right. like a like almost like a compare and contrast here, where um, Adeline and a small squad of people come in to help Yakimov and uh, Prince Royon's thing altruistically yeah. come here to help you. And now Sadius yeah. is doing the same thing, but he's like, "I'm here to just steal all the fucking glory." Like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Says- his response to what you like. So what have you? What are you doing here? Or what have you done here? He says, "I was bored," and he tosses the gem heart towards him. Yeah, as if he didn't, as if he didn't care at all. He said, "I thought I'd save you some trouble." Yeah. And then, then ignoring further questions, Sadius continues on his way. Adeline Colin had a duel, and he decided not to miss it, just in case the youth embarrassed himself again. Yeah. Dude, I, just, I, just I love, love this, this part this because Sadius isn't planning on doing this. Sadius is planning to keep the gem heart, I think. And then he's like, uh, after a quick moment of decision, Sadius lifted his arm back and hurled the gem heart across the plateau. So he's like, oh, you know what? It would be actually better if I came in here and was like, I just did your job for you as opposed to yeah. I stole your glory from you. It was like, I did what you couldn't do. And and his wife, Iali, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, his wife, in in just a bit, comments on his decision to toss the gem, the right. gem, because then it looks like Dalinar's argument that he's just being selfish and wants the right. gem heart. He's Has tossing no legs. it away. Right, right. It's so smart. he's undermining Dalinar's. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. thinking that uh, at the time, but it no, does well, have a really not. good um, effect. Uh, yeah, effect for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really a awesome. ripple, a rippling effect. Ooh, a ripple. Um. Point of view change, and here we are into uh, uh, David Bowie's fashion. Um, <laughs> so there's Sadius choking on this, on this. What, what do they call it? Tugging at the stock on his neck. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that means. Is it a ruffle? Is it a an ascot? I think it might be an ascot. Like, <laughs> I think it might be. We're, we're, we're doing a little Fred Scooby Doo action I think here. We, we, but we he's, are. Yeah, he's not having it. He's not having no. this ascot. Um, I think I, I'm actually a fan of ascots. I, I, if I could pull one off, I certainly would. Um, insufferable things, fashionable, but insufferable. And I, I just had to connect it to Adeline. Yeah. That this is a comment about Adeline. You're insufferable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're this, you're this beautiful thing. You're, you're beautiful at battle. You're beautiful. You're a beautiful young man. Everything yeah. about you is just at the ready. Yeah. And, uh, you're insufferable. You're, you're strangling, you're strangling me. I like here. He's saying even, he wouldn't even tell ELA. He's like, uh, he would never tell a soul, not no. even ELA that he secretly wished he could go about in a simple uniform like Dalinar. This is a feeling he's got that he won't even share with his wife, his most trusted right. person right. alongside him. He won't even admit that maybe Dalinar's no. got it right this time. <laughs> right. Well, you know, what's funny is that he, he, it's interesting that 
he wouldn't tell her how he truly feels because then it might appear that he's not in this completely right. either. He's not fully bought into it. Yeah. And maybe, um, e- I've got to say your name right. Eli. Eli? Eli. I, I say Eli only because of the um, audio books. That's how they say it in the audio? Yeah, okay, so but... Eli, so Eli, um, Eli could have deeper convictions, let's say. Right. Than him. Right, he, he might. And so he's got to like not tell her. He's like, she's still, she'll be disappointed in me. Right. Yeah. And that, that I think keeps him on his toes. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because... Yeah, and that his wife could be even further into it than he. <laughs> right. So he has to hold back that, maybe that gem, that little piece inside of him that he shares with characters like Dalinar and Kaladin. He has to hide that from his own wife. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, he explains here he, though, right? He's like, it's not like I I wouldn't do it only because I w- it'd be not, following the, the, the codes and I don't want to fucking codes, do that. yeah. No, because a military uniform was actually the wrong uniform for these days. Right. The battles they fought for Althkar at the moment weren't battles with sword and shield. It was important to dress the part when you had a role to play. Role play. Dalinar, Dalinar's military outfits proved he was lost, that he didn't understand the game he was playing. Right. Right. So like the game of like high society and princedoms and like the game right. of the rich, right? Yeah. Right. It's really cool. De- depends upon which, uh, depends upon what you wear. Sadius leans back. I like this when he's attending this, this duel. Um, it says here that the arena filled up, uh, sorry, uh, lean back to wait as whispers filled the arena like water in a bowl. I really like that. A large attendance. So that's good. So it's working in Adeline's favor because he was kind of concerned, okay, was, are we, am I even going to have people to fight? Right. And his play on this actually is really It's good, really fucking really smart. Great. Yeah, it's really great. Adeline's stunt in the previous duel had drawn attention and anything novel was of interest to the court. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I like how we learn here too that as Sadius's thoughts are unfolding, he says... He hated how his body felt out of the shard plate. Once he had turned heads as he walked, his power had filled a room. Everyone had looked to him, and many had lusted when seeing him, lusted for his power, for who he was. Mm-hmm. He was losing that. So again, he's, it's, it, he's always comparing to everyone else around him. Yeah. You know, you've got the better, ar- a more trained army than I do. Mm-hmm. Dalinar, you're protecting your bridgemen. Um, and you've got Oathbringer and you've got two, two boys, especially Adeline coming up. Um, and I'm jealous about that. Adeline, I'm jealous that, well, he's jealous of everything that Adeline represents. Like, I, I think he looks to Adeline right now and thinks that used to be me. Right. I think, I think exactly that. And, and I really fucking hate it when, uh, Sanderson writes Sadius as so relatable. Like this is a really relatable moment here. Where he's an older man, sure, you know, yeah. pining for his youth, wishing that he was yeah. the man he was before. He says here right. that he, I, I do like here. He says, you know, he he was still powerful, like perhaps more so in certain right. ways, right? Um, right. But the look in their eyes was different, and every way of responding to his loss of youthfulness made him look petulant. And like, yes, I, I feel mm-hmm. for that man. Like, I feel for you know, I'm turning 44 this year and I'm like, 
Dude, when I was like in my mid twenties, I was a fucking rock star, and now I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and I just, I, I feel shitty out of my shard plate, you know. Now you're one of the Barba Papas. I, I am a Barba Papa. I'm the big black one. Yeah, I love, I love those Barba Papas. Um, okay. Um, so Eli comes yeah, and I sits mean, down with him. So yeah, but I, I, just, just, just this next little paragraph. He says he was dying. Like every man true, but he felt that death looming. It cast a long, long shadow. Mm-hmm. And he says the only path to immortality was through conquest. That was one of my alternative titles. Path to immortality? No, a long, long shadow. Mm. Because it represents how much he's he wants to stay alive for decades. Yeah. It mentions that, like, just a little further. Um, but the shadow of death could come at any time, but he's, ho- he's hoping it's a long shadow that right. he has time to, yeah, time, time for all of his plans. Right. I guess. Um, so Elias uh, sits down beside him. Um, her name was symmetrical, a tiny bit of blasphemy from her parents, because usually you would, if you were going to name somebody that you better be an ardent, a better, uh, you know, a, yeah, you would a normally devoted... like, uh, name them like one letter off from being perfectly symmetrical right. so that you were right. close to divinity, but not, you know, pretentious right. about it or whatever, or not like egotistical about it. But our parents were doing this as a blasphemy, like fuck you kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, they're implying that, um, they're, they're implying holiness to that their, their daughter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That their daughter is equitable to a God. Right. 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 That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but get this a little further. Again, I just love this chapter. There's so many cool things. Um, her parents, yeah, uh, dared imply such holiness of their children. Sadius liked those types. Indeed, the name was what had first intrigued him about her. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's really cool. The name is important. He shares that with Kaladin, just in a slightly different way. Yeah, he was all right. like, "Oh, that, that that lady's got a name that's like perfectly symmetrical, and her parents are kind of uppy about it." I like that. <laughs> well, and, and it also insults the gods. Like, how right. dare you? You know, it's it's like, um, you know, what's what's the thing in uh, Clash of the Titans where uh, they compare a mortal's beauty to the uh, Hera or something like that, and then the gods strike down. Like, how dare you compare yourselves to us? Mm-hmm. You know, as the gods, but you dare to do it. Right. Right. So that's, I'd lo- that's interesting. Mm, the wife says, very nice. The duel hasn't started yet, I see. Mere moments away, I believe. Good. I can't stand waiting. I hear you gave away the gem heart you captured today. I threw it at Haytham's feet and rode away, as if I didn't have a care. Clever, she says. I should have seen that as an option. You'll undermine Dalinar's claim that we only resist him because of our greed. Yeah, Adeline is, steps on to... This is what we talked about earlier. Um, it's yeah. a really good move, even though it was sort of accidental. He kind of stumbled upon it in the moment, but yeah. it's a really, really cool move. But it has cool purpose. Move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Adeline comes out in his blue shard plate, mm-hmm. and then Araniv across the way steps out from his preparatory room polished plate in its natural color, except across the breastplate he'd painted it deep black. Mm-hmm. So he's still scratching ILA's back. And he says, this duel should not even be happening. Everyone was supposed to be too afraid or too dismissive to accept his challenges. Idiots, Ayala says softly. They know, Toril, what they're supposed to do. I've dropped the right hints and promises. 
and yet every one of them secretly wants to be the man who brings down Adeline. Duelists are not a particularly dependable lot. They're brash, hot-headed, and care too much about showing off and gaining renown. Mm -hmm. Sadius says his father's plan cannot be allowed to work. It won't. So this is, um, this is kind of leading back to the last chapter we had with Adeline, where Yakimov is like, listen, I've heard that people are being promised stuff to not fight you. And then Sadius is like, or Adeline's like, hmm, Sadius right. must be behind this. And then when Yakima was like, try fighting Aranev, he's got something to prove. So these, this chapter has come to fruition now because he's, Adeline is fighting Aranev. And we also hear yep. from Eli's mouth that, listen, I've been fucking paying people off and making promises. And this was not supposed to happen. This guy was not, not supposed, supposed to, to challenge uh, Adeline. Right. Yeah. And so, yet it did. Yeah, and yet he did. Yeah, so it's really good. I, I like the fact that Yakimov kind of had the inside track on things and let Adeline knew. So let Adeline know. So it was good. So he, Sadius notices Dalinar across the way, not too far away from where he's sitting. And Dalinar did not look at him at all. And Sadius thinks, I built this kingdom. Can you imagine mm -hmm. him saying that? Yeah. That's crazy. I built this kingdom. I know how fragile it is, Ayla. It should not be so difficult to knock the thing down. To build it anew, like reforging a weapon. You melted down the remnants of the old before you created the replacement. The duel begins, with Adeline striding across the stand towards Araniv, who wielded old Gavilar's blade with its wicked design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's Adeline using, Aranev is using Gavilar's old sword. Sure, yeah, exactly. Which we already kind of talked about during the chapter where Kaladin was being trained by Zael, or he was in the sparring grounds, and uh, uh, Kaladin found out that the king can loan out his shard plate and blade and his father's set to anyone who wants to use it for duels or training or, or what have you, so. Right. But Adeline engages too quickly. Was the boy eager? Adeline backs away, having taken a hit on his shoulder. Sadius thinks, boy is being sloppy. I finally discovered the nature of that disturbance at the king's chambers two weeks ago, mm -hmm. Ayala says. Of course you did. Assassination attempt. Some sabotage... Some, someone sabotaged the king's balcony in a crude attempt at dropping him a hundred feet to the rocks. From what I hear, it nearly worked. Not so crude, then, if it almost killed him. Pardon, Toral, but almost is a big distinction in assassinations. I love that line. Me too. Yeah, it's so good. It's just what makes or break an assassin, right? Right, it's... right. The success or not. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so this um, is good, too. This is an awesome part. They, they're, they know also... what's happening secretly in the other camp. They've obviously got someone listening to them or they're, you know, they're, they're somehow getting some kind of information because I'm sure Dalinar and the king would have wanted to keep this super under wraps. No one talk about this. Right. Information can leak, man. It can, it'll yep. get out there. Well, so. he's the, um, what's his, what's his position? He's the high prince of information. Of information. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. So it's, it should come to him eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I think that. What's interesting about this little bit as a first-time reader is, does that absolve Sadius and ILA from any wrongdoing or involvement in this assassination attempt? Or is um, it either, I or think is it does. either one of them? I think it does. I, I think so too. Because they wouldn't be, um, it would be playing really fascinating. the word game with each other. 
if there was a third person sitting with them and they were like, oh, I heard that the assassination attempt had failed, uh, that right. there was something that happened, blah, 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 they would t- dance around unless, it. But if they were unless, the ones who had sent the assassin, I think they'd be talking about it plainly, you know? Unless they were trying to keep it from one another. That's meaning, very possible meaning too. Sadius, meaning Sadius does not want her to know that he attempted because he or, wants to keep that. Or, or she... ELA is trying to keep it from Sadius. Right. right. That's very possible too. I hadn't thought of that. But since yeah. Sadius doesn't want to express his true feelings on fashion with his wife, maybe there are other things he doesn't want to express with his wife either. Right. Yeah. So. And maybe from her to him. So who knows? Yeah. Anyways, I, 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 again, I'm super paranoid <laughs> reading this. So I just... Um, okay. Sadius searches within himself... Um, Seeking some sign of emotion at hearing that Elokar had almost died, he found none beside a faint sense of pity. He was fond of the boy, but to rebuild Elokar, all vestiges of former rule would need to be removed. Elokar would need to die, preferably in a quiet manner, after Dalinar had been dealt with. Sadius expected he'd have to cut the boy's throat himself, out of respect for old Gavilar. Yeah. So, so maybe that does absolve him right there of this. Um, I think so too. I think so too. Assassination attempt. Because then, yeah, he, then I think he asks, "Who commissioned the assassins?" Do you suppose? So he's literally right. asking his wife out loud. Asking his wife, right? He, I know. So unless he's secretly doing it and he's not telling his wife about it, it that seems kind of a far stretch. Yeah, it is. It is at this point, especially given um, his personal thoughts the, and stuff. Yeah, correct, correct. So h- hard to tell. Ila responds, "It wouldn't be Ruthar or Aladar." Both of those were solidly in Sadius's palm. This is good information lo- for us to have here. I love, I love the description of that. Like I've got them in in the palm of my hand. It's, right? it's this is really good information because now we're kind of getting a, an idea of who's on what side, right? And so Sadius has Ruthar and he Aladar. Has a, he has a guess, right? And Sadius has a guess, and he says Thanadol. Yeah, and yeah, he thinks it's Thanadol. Yeah, exactly. And he said yeah. Royon, uh, Roy, um, Royon would be too much of a coward. Others too careful. So who else could have done it? And he thinks Thanadol. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. He's the most He's likely, the most but likely. I will see what I can discover, she says. Right. And I love this part here. He puts it together like Dalinar puts it together. It might be the same ones as with the king's armor. Perhaps we could find out more if I exercise my authority. My authority, Which yeah. is the um, high prince of uh, information. High prince of... In- right. Mm-hmm. He technically gave Sadius authority over investigations and policing... She says, perhaps, and he says, but. Yeah, he can tell. She's like, um, you don't like this idea. She's got much. something else to say. Adeline on the uh, on the duel that they're watching while all this is happening. I just love it that they're having this crazy discussion all the while he's, you know, scratching her back. She's adjusting her body mm-hmm. to get the right mm-hmm. spot. And he's and, like, and he's got his eyes focused on Adeline, watching the right. fight, studying him. Adeline, uh, Stormlight, um... With Adeline, Stormlight was streaming out of one of his gauntlets, uh, and some booing were coming from the crowd amongst the dark eyes. And sh- I think she's thinking this. Yeah, it says she at the at the top of the paragraph, meaning ILA. Why were those people even allowed in? Elokar th- had had reserved seating for their inferiors. I think that the POV doesn't switch in a chapter. So she shook her head watching another exchange of the duelists, but the thoughts of why right. were they people allowed in, this is Sadius's, because this is you Sadius's Sadius? POV. Oh, yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Sadius. Yeah. 
because I don't think they switch a POV within. If they do switch a POV, they do. A, he does a scene change or a, a, a perspective change. I just was kind of interpreting it just a little weirdly, I think, there, because uh, she had said perhaps, and then he says but, and the next paragraph is she shook her head. So I kind of thought that paragraph right. would be about her, but but you're right. It goes mm-hmm. back to his thoughts. Yeah. Dalinar, ILA says, has responded to our ploy of making you High Prince of Information. He used it as precedent for making himself High Prince of War. And so now every step you take involving your rights as High Prince of Information cements his authority over this conflict. You have a plan then? Not quite yet, but I'm forming one. You've noticed how he started up patrols outside the camps and out in the outer market? Should that be your duty? No, that's the job of a High Prince of Commerce, Mm -hmm. which the King hasn't appointed. However, I should have authority over policing all ten camps and appointing judges and magistrates. That's powerful. Yeah. Appointing judges and magistrates. I think that could come in. It's big time. (laughs) Come in handy in the future if somebody's going to get accused. Um, He should have involved uh, me in the moment an attempt was made in the King's life, but he didn't. So it's interesting that he, it's like he wants Dalinar to be on his side. Like, it's it's weird how he laments both his removal and wanting him to be like a brother to him. Yeah, there, there's a little bit it's of really that for strange. sure. I think in this moment, though, he's saying, like, if we're doing things properly, mm-hmm. the High Prince of War, Dalinar, and the King should involve me, the High Prince of Information, in the investigation right. of this assassination, but he hasn't, which he's left me outside, which right. might be an actual shitty thing. Cause they, 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 they think about it and then they get to it right here. And it's like, there is a weakness that we can exploit. Dalinar has always had a problem giving up authority. He never right. really trusts anyone to do their jobs. He didn't come to me when he should have. This weakens his claims that all parts of the kingdom should work together. It's a chink in his armor. Can you ram a dagger in it? He asks. Yeah. He's talking about Eli, talking to Eli, right? Isn't that great? I really yeah, like this the... thought process because Dalinar is saying we should all work together. And you have a high prince of information who's supposed to be in, involved in all investigations. So the fact that you're they excluding didn't, him. Right. Because they're excluding him. I mean, for sure they're excluding him. They don't fucking trust the guy. But <laughs> but they can't they can't necessarily make that public declaration, right? Right. right. Because you won't you don't have the support from all the other high princes. Imagine the However, the, the government, uh, you know, the the premier uh, of Canada not trusting their minister of finance because they just don't like the guy. You know what I mean? And then now they're doing financial uh, decisions without the person. The person would With, be like, without no, him. Without, I'm in this yeah. position on on purpose. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So. Uh, Ayla says, you should renounce your appointment as High Prince in protest. Not yet. We wait until the rumors have nipped at old Dalinar. Make him decide he needs to uh, let me do my job. And then the moment before he tries to involve me, I'll renounce. Mm-hmm. Very smart. It would widen it would widen the cracks that way, both in Dalinar and in the kingdom itself. I love that dude. Me too. The shattered planes, the cracks, widen yeah. the cr- widen the cracks. If it didn't have a bit of a cleftal horizon sort of connotation, <laughs> that would have been my other choice for the for the title of the of the <laughs> of the of the chapter. Yeah. But widen the cracks, I don't think would go, go <laughs> it's like, over what? all that. Well. Widen those cracks. Uh, sp- sp- spreading the cheeks? What? what? What title is Jack That's, that's the name this of the chapter. Chapter 29. Yeah. Spread the cheeks. Spreading, spreading the cheeks. 
uh, Adeline's bout continues below. He didn't look like his heart was into it. He kept leaving himself open, taking hits. And then Sadius realizes it. Mm-hmm. He's faking. Yeah. And he says to himself, grinning, now that's almost clever. What? Yeah. Ailey asks. Adeline is fighting beneath his capacity. He's reluctant to display his real skill as he fears it will scare others away from dueling him. If he looks barely capable enough to win this fight, others might decide to pounce. Are you sure? Couldn't he just be having an off day? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Now that, he, now that he knew what to watch for, he could easily read it in Adeline's specific moves. The way he teased Aranev to attack him and barely fended off the blows. Adeline Colon was cleverer than Sadius had given him credit for. Yeah, it's so great. It's so awesome. Oh, dude, it's so awesome. And he even says, true, it took true mastery. Right. To win while making it look like the whole time that you were left behind. So when Adeline uh, manages to bring down Aranif with a single lucky blow, yeah. at the end, the, cr- the crowd roars in appreciation, even the light eyes getting into it. Yeah. And Aranev storms off shouting about Adeline's luck. And Sadius finds himself quite impressed and thinks to himself, there might be a future for this boy, he thought. More so than his father, at least. Like he's already thinking, when I take over (laughs) and I do away with the king and I do away with Dalinar, I might keep Adeline around. I might need Because there might be a future for this boy. Like Adeline would even hang out with him, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let alone piss on him if he was on fire. But Sadius yeah, but, thinks I could maybe use him. I fucking yeah, love Sadius, it. Sadius isn't done with Adeline yet. No, I love it so much. It's so great. There, there, there could be great plans ahead on that front. Well, you know some of the plans. I know all the plans. <laughs> you know, well, you haven't read book five. I have not. Well, um, there you go. So, yeah. So... so so he says, another shard won, ILA says. I'll redouble my efforts to make certain this doesn't happen again. Sadius taps his fingers against the side of the seat. What was you said about duelists? That they're brash, hot-headed? Yes, and? Well, Adeline is both of these things and more. He can be goaded, pushed around, brought to anger. He has passion like his father. But he controls it less securely. Can I get him... Right up to the cliff's edge, Sadius, Sadius thought, and then shove him off. Mm, he's got a plan for me here. Oh, isn't that great? It's mm-hmm. just, it just, it, I love how these, the, these images and the, the way of expressing all these characters, they, they so connect with each other. Yeah, the, the standing at the it, end of the, uh, the Honor Chasmum, jumping into the Honor yeah. Chasmum, cliff's edge, pushing him off. Yeah, there's, right. it's all, it, all these images and metaphors all keep getting reused in different right. ways, you know? Yeah. Um, stop discouraging people from fighting him. Don't encourage them to fight him either. Step, step back. I want to see how this develops. That sounds dangerous. The boy is a weapon, Toral. True. And here comes my highlight, I think. Mm. But you are rarely cut by a weapon if you are the one holding its hilt. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. now you're, now you've, he's issued an invitation to the dance. He's thinking now that he can control Adeline as his weapon. Yeah. That, that I like a lot. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I don't like it because I, I, I already think that Adeline was, you know, kind of getting too hot headed with Kaladin and Kaladin's got some anger yeah. sort of still boiling within him. I don't like either of these 
people being seen as a thing, right. a weapon but with which I can grab and wield. But that's what the it's villain. It's fucking do, cool, right? man. It's really fucking it's cool. It's really, yeah. really, really cool. And then he also says, um, he says, uh, I also want you to tell Ruthar's wife that he could ride with me next time I decide to strike out on my own for a gem heart. Ruthar is eager. He can be of use to us. So we already know from earlier that right. Ruthar and Aladar are in his pocket, but now he's going to strengthen that by letting Ruthar come to uh, come with him on these secret gem heart runs that he's been doing. Right. He uh, gives Dalinar an- another glance. How would this be if the man weren't trapped in the past? If he'd been willing to see the real world rather than imagining it? You'd probably have ended up killing him then too, Sadius admitted to himself. Don't try to pretend otherwise. Best to be honest, at the very least with oneself. Right. Chapter end. So he even thinks to himself, if things had been different and Dalinar hadn't been, like, isn't, you know, if he'd still kind of been more the guy that I knew from before, I still would have ended up having to kill him. I still would have done yeah, it. Yeah, so wow. it's, it's what an what what an, an admission. It's just yeah, yeah. I and I I can't gush enough about this this chapter. This was a really good one. So what's your P, what's flight? your highlight? What's your highlight? Oh, well, well, I I think that ending there describing uh, Adeline as a weapon to be used. I think that was great. Um, I think uh, Sadius enjoying. Uh, seeing just how clever Adeline is, yeah, and I think I think that's when he that's when that's when he saw. Oh, now there's a weapon I want. I want to use it. Yeah, how do I get so one? So he's like, I want, I want what uh, Dalinar. I has. want what Amram has. I want a better trained army. Yeah. Oh, that Rishadium horse that Haytham stands. How upon. do I get one? I'll, how do I get that? Yeah. And then now seeing this clever boy battling the 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 son of my enemy, the son of my rival, right. Oh, now I want that. He, I want that. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. it, dude. It's really I cool. Uh, dude, it's, it's so great. It, yeah. It's it's killer. It's killer. This is a, what 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 about your highlight? Um, I wrote uh, that uh, we finally get another Sadius POV. You know, earlier in the book mm-hmm. they tease us with this yeah. tiny little. Um, it wasn't even a full chapter. It was just one POV in another chapter, and we got mm-hmm. a little taste mm-hmm. of it. And now we get this full chapter on him, and I just. It makes him that much more despicable, awesome, uh, everything. It just it's it, just yeah. more Sadius, and we can't. We just have to relish in the Sadiusness of it all. The 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 the, the fashion is insufferable. Yeah. The choking of the stock around is like. <laughs> yeah. I just love thinking about that, and I also I really really love the sort of the the the, the subtlety in you know scratching Ilay's back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's know, really like neat. he find he finds that special spot she likes. You know, and that he can't tell her everything. Like I, yeah. I really like the way that she appears in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she comes off as great too. I'm hoping that there's more development with her character um, going forward, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Chapter thirty is nature blushing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to talk about the blushes? Um, the image here, the uh, the sketch. Yeah, I like the sketches off to the left here of my uh, paperback version. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see these windswept landscapes that Shalon is delighted oh, yeah. to be seeing coming out of the Frostlands. Mm-hmm. So she's just overjoyed at being able to sketch these things again. And we get some wonderful sketches off to the side here. And the thing that I love the most is in one of the descriptions of these images, it says here, um, 
Many of these species are new to me. The plant life here isn't nearly as lush as it was on father's estates, or even Carbranth, but there is a frantic determination by the way it grows. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And frantic, frantic determination. I just really liked that. Yeah, it's you awesome. Know, that that they really want to survive. Yeah, it's like it's and, like uh, it has this like tiny little pocket of shelter and so it will grow as fiercely as possible in its little area. Right. Mhm. Despite of course, you know, the 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 storms and Mhm. But it it describes some wonderful. I kind of like that the um the image is like exactly with the chapter that it's about. You know, a couple of them that we yeah. had oh, yeah. were, yeah, for sure. you know, we read the chapter and then a couple of chapters later we'll get the image and we're like, oh, that's the image of the, you know, the, the, the chulls or right. whatever that we had read about earlier. So this one right. goes right with it. It's like right in this chapter. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it says, okay, so we get, so at the beginning of this chapter, we get another um, stanza. Mm-hmm. Tis said it was warm in the land far away when Voidbringers entered our songs. We brought them home to stay, and then those homes became their own. It happened gradually, and years ahead, twill still be said, tis how it has to be. That's a little fatalist for me, but what do you, you like? Know, yeah, what do you think? Uh, well, you think it, about all it, this? Um, well, it, it's it's an acceptance of the fact that void bringers come to their home, claim it for their own. It 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 happens gradually. And years ahead, it will still be said that it is how it has to be. Right. The song of histories. So it's just an, an acceptance about it, it, that it has to be this way. Right. Now, there could be a very good reason for that, or that could be sort of a, um, shall we say, a zealous outlook mm-hmm. that, you know, you think that there's no other way that it could have been or that you don't deserve anything different or better. Right. So which is it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I do like this, this line here when, um, when void bringers entered our songs, like there were songs Mm, that predated the void bringers. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah, because, uh, it, it seems like it's, it's an event. You know, like it's, um, like something changed. Yeah. It's a happening. Mm -hmm. And then, and you couldn't help, but, but have the void bringers in your songs. Right. And then we brought them home to stay. Right. Then those homes became their own. Their own. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we brought them in and then they took over. Right. Yeah. It's really, really, really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Shalon gasps at the sudden flare of color. She's setting down her spheres. Tin is having her practice palming them, palming yeah. her spheres. That is maybe another thing we, we could do at the, at the, at the con. If we, if we get to go, we can palm our spheres. We could, that sounds kind of gross, actually. Palm. <laughs> Yo, you, uh, palm your spheres? Or? Like this, it sounds like kind of gross, like putting your hand in a, in a bowl of, uh, jello and, on, and grapes. Yeah. Like peeled Halloween. grapes or something. Yeah. It's eyeballs. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> um, Tin, Shalon says, what's that? The other woman, Tin, 
lounging with her feet up as she's driving. Got a big wide white hat on. She's supposed to be driving <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the 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 carriage. And um, I like that that she's just got her feet up. Shalon is wearing Bluth's hat to keep the sun off. I really like that. Tin, yeah, me too. Yeah. Tin Tin says, "Huh? Right there, the color. I don't see anything." Tin says. Shalon took the woman's spyglass and raised it to look more closely. She says, "Plants." There's a rock overhanging there, sheltering them from the east. Oh, is that all? Thought it might be a caravan or something. Tin, it's plants. So? Divergent flora in an otherwise uniform ecosystem. We're going. I'll tell Macabre to steer the caravan that way. Kid, you're kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> Macabre was reluctant to, to do the detour, but he does. He respects her authority. Yeah. And uh, the caravan was about a day out from the Shattered Plains, but here they are stopping so that uh, Shalon can do some drawing. Well, it's, I mean, it's the most excited she's been in this whole trip, right? Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, it's so funny. In these moments, I love it. She, when she's like this, mm-hmm. I equate her to Syl. I was just going to say the same thing. Really? Were you going like to say that? It's like playful lightness. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she's like a delight, like, you know, springing to life. She's mm-hmm. almost like she's like a spren that just appeared, you know, yeah, like, like Ooh, this is this is the real her. Like, yeah. oh, we have to stop. Like, this is it. You know, this yeah. is, you know. I've been waiting this whole trip to see something beautiful like this, and now I get to go draw it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy well, that even though she's like pretending to be the high lady, pretending to be a con artist, pretending to, you know, like to be strong and all this, she still hasn't forgotten right. her roots, which is her, <laughs> her roots, her which roots, is, <laughs> sorry, which hey, is loving, hey. um, like it. which is her loving uh, flora and fauna and like, you know, drawing yeah. it all out. I really love this. It's really great. Um, divergent flora kid, you're strange. Macabre stops. They approach this ridge, a high shelf of rock that forms a windbreak, and the larger versions were called lates. That's a nice word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, a grove of short, bone-white trees were growing here, and they had red leaves. So that's a really striking image right there, right. bone-white trees with red leaves. Mm-hmm. Vines, vines of numerous varieties draping the walls, and the ground is teeming with rock buds, with, with drooping blossoms coming out of the rock buds and tongue-like tendrils that are seeking water like worms on the ground. Mm-hmm. A small pond reflects the blue sky. I just love all this, the bright green moss. I'm just in love with all this description. I think yeah, it's, it's wonderful. it's really great. The beauty, and this I love, Sean, this last little bit. The beauty was like veins of ruby and emerald in a drab stone. And I just thought of D&D, like when you're a dwarf, that's like when you're underground, you're not getting all these flowers, but when you see those veins, yeah. like their eyes light up as yeah. if they're looking at a flower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like great. I just, I love, I love that color itself can be that, uh, that beauty, that little glimmer of hope. The reason why maybe we're all here is to see that little bit of color in life. Right. Right. We walk so I through just, the, I don't know if, we, we, you know, we walk through the frostlands to get to this moment to see this yeah. beauty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. I just, I relish, I relished in that moment. To, uh, I was delighted to, to read that. Um, she was frightened. Oh, sorry. She frightened something under the underbrush. Some feral ax hounds perhaps burst, burst away. Well, 
She thought while walking into this tiny late that probably means that I don't have to worry about anything larger. So when these little creatures scurried out, she's thinking, well, I probably don't have to worry about a white spine or anything. That's a really interesting way to think. Right. It, it, it's how a hunter or a ranger might, might think. Mm. Like you, you, you entered the brush and you scattered away tiny creatures. Well, if there were tiny creatures there, it probably means that the apex predator is not around. Right. Because if it was around, these tiny creatures wouldn't be around. They'd be dead in the bellies. Right. Yeah. And I just wanted to to bring that up because I just, wow, like Shalon, she's a thinker. Like Mm -hmm. she's thinking ahead, right? Yeah. Okay. So she's walking with a smile. Um, (laughs) She's opening her sketchbook. And this is interesting. I don't know if you wanted to talk about this, but I, I think it's interesting. She opened her sketchbook and drew out a quick prayer mm-hmm. in the name of Shalash, Herald of Beauty. Yeah, her namesake. Shalon's, Shalon's namesake. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? It's very cool. Gaz is nearby, stumbles across a group of rock buds, cursing at them, trying not to step on them. And he says, um, regarding the pool, he says, Storms, are, are those fish? They're eels, Shalon says. Bright orange ones, it appears. We had some of them back in my father's ornamental garden. Gaz leans down, trying to get a look at the eels, and one of them surfaces, flips, and splashes him in the face. And <laughs> I love she, it. <laughs> she, she laughs about it. And, uh, and she says to him, what do you want, Gaz? Well, and he's very hesitant. He's like, <laughs> he just doesn't, doesn't want to bring it up. Hold yeah. on. I was wondering, of course, like the one I did for Glurve, I assume. So he's, he's wanting her to do a sketch right. of him in... A new light. Right. If the you way will. she's done, she did with Bluth that time. Right. Right. So it's, ca- it's caught on. This is the sixth person that mm. has come up to her and, and request these and she's happy to do them. Yeah. Sean, I love this whole thing so much. Um, he says, yeah, that one looked, looked right nice. Uh, do you need me to pose or something? Uh, sure. She says, but mostly to keep him busy while she drew. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't need him to, she, no. she can just snap and take a memory no. and, but, she, but, but he, so he, I like that he's standing still in some, I almost want her to have him do something silly. Yeah. Like put your, put your hand up right here. Yeah. Just put your hand out on your, on your, on your hip. Yeah. Put one hand on your hip. Yeah. <laughs> and then g- give me some pouty lips. Give me some pouty lips. Yeah. <laughs> Glamour shot. Here's here's a boa. I, I do like that if we look at the um the image again at the beginning of the chapter, we actually do yep. see Gaz in it. What? I didn't. If catch you look that. at the bottom of the picture, there's a man standing there with a pipe eye patch and a spear. Oh yeah, and that is Gaz. Yeah, that's Gaz. Oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty that's cool, right? Great. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't. I didn't. I was so focused on the flora. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> God, he looks so much like a pirate there. Um, okay, so, jeez, oh, I think I lost my page. I got a little too excited. So he, um, so she draws him, and then he's like, is that really what I look like? And she's like, yes. And then she could faintly feel pattern as he vibrated softly. A lie, but also a truth. But also a truth. You know, that was certainly how people Gaz saved viewed him. So like, he does look like that to the people who he saved, which is really, really cool point. Yeah. Well, it, because it shows how you look in the eyes of those you affect. Right. Or those you, or those you help. Which is more important really than the way that you see yourself, I think. uh, Certainly. Uh, There was something that, 
somebody told me recently, they said that that you're 20%, I guess, more favorable in the eyes of the people that you know than what you think of yourself. Really? Hmm. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I forget who told me that recently. Um, with the right expression, just the, the language in a previous uh, paragraph that uh, we just skipped, um, I love the way they, they describe how she draws it, how she does it. Mm-hmm. It says here, with the right expression, that eye patch became noble. That scarred face became wise. That uniform became a mark of pride. She filled it in with some light and background details reminiscent of that night beside the fires when the people of the caravan had thanked Gaz and the others for their rescue. I just love the fact yeah. that depending how you depending how you draw it or how you perceive it, mm-hmm. you can convey that, you know, that eye patch was, you know, something noble. Yeah. Like it looked, it, I, I just, I just, I just, it plays to the whole theme of this thing, the way that the, uh, that the, um, wagon becomes a carriage, Yeah. the way that, you know, just the way that Shalon is. The deserter is, becomes a soldier. Yeah. Dessert. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just that whole thing. Yeah. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. I like here. He, um, Gaz says, thank you, brightness. I, I thank you. And then she thinks Ash's eyes. Ash's eyes. Which. Now, what uh, does that refer to, by the way? Ash is the short form for Shalash. Whom she just wrote uh, drew ah, a prayer for. Short form for Shalash. Ash is the shorter nickname version Got of of Shalash. Yeah, he's tear, he's tearing up, dude. He's tearing up. Yeah, he yeah. sees himself. He sees himself maybe as how he would like to be seen mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. And that makes him cry. It's awesome. Yeah, I it's love really it. great. Um, keep it safe, she says, and don't fold it <clears> until <throat> until tonight. I'll I'll lacquer it so it won't smudge. She encouraged these requests, anything to remind them of what they could and should be. So what I love about this is the human potential, um, which I often think about, which is untapped human potential. Mm-hmm. Well, she thinks, and, she asks herself the same question, right? She's like, and you, Shalon? Everyone seems to want, uh, to want you to be something. Yasna, be something, Tin, yeah. your father. What do you right. want to be? This made me really, I'm curious, a scholar, a woman of the court, an artist, which did she want to be or could she be them all? Right. I actually kind of made up a, a little bit of a list here of all the things that she's been this whole time. Right. So mm-hmm. an estate daughter, an artist, a scholar, a thief, Veristitalian, a con artist, a light eyes lady. Mm-hmm. She almost became a slave. She yeah, almost was, um, yeah. So it's, it's just interesting that there's this wide array of things that Shalon's been through kind of making her all these different things or all these different people, all these different forms. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like art form right. and scholar form and yeah. Right. Thief form. And yeah. And yeah it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Again, the, the lines you can draw to the other characters in the, in the, in, in the series pattern is humming. Noticing uh, Vatha lurking in the nearby trees, so I don't think Pattern trusts Vatha. He, it, 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 it's come up before and it comes up here again. Mm-hmm. Stop frightening my, pr- my, my plants, Vatha. Shalon says. Then Vatha responds. Macab says we'll stop for the night, and then he moves away. Pattern simply says trouble. Yes, trouble. Mm-hmm. Shalon says I know. She says, waiting for the foliage to return and then sketching it. Unfortunately, she'd been able to get 
she'd not, sorry, unfortunately though, she'd been able to get charcoal and lacquer from the merchants. She didn't have any colored chalks. It's weird how he says trouble, yes, trouble, and she says, I know, Mm -hmm. but then she doesn't comment about Vatha. She, she's saying, um, that, cause Pattern's saying he's going to be trouble. Right. Remember, remember there's a couple of chapters ago where she said, um, he could be trouble or mm-hmm. she's like, the, the, yes. the, this could be trouble. And then Pattern says, uh, is that a saying? Because, you know, he's, is trouble. So why are you saying he could be trouble if he is trouble? If he is, And then is, this is kind yeah. of a callback to that. And he says, trouble. Right. Yes, trouble. I wish I had right. the exact quote for it, but. Quote, um, I, I remember, I remember, I remember what, vaguely yeah. what, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so the, that's there, right. it's like, this is a callback to that moment where, yes, trouble. And then she's like, I know. Yeah. Like, I know as in like, I'm keeping my eye on him. It's all good. I got it kind of thing right but she doesn't have to expand on it because he's just saying there's trouble and she's like yeah i got it i know well as she continues drawing life sprinter joining her now little green moats bobbing up and down between leaves and blossoms pattern moves out onto the water and amusingly starts to count the leaves on a nearby tree (laughs) shallan got a good half dozen drawings out of it but then one of her drawings on a rocky shore that she's drawing, she, she, she drew several shadowy figures yeah. helping out one another on the water. And she swore that one of them was Yalb. Yeah. A hopeful she's, fancy. She's in this she moment here where so she's just... so much for them to be alive. Sorry. She probably would never know. Um, let's, let, let's start that over here. Um, the, I want to point out that she's in this zone right now where she's just drawing without thinking about yeah. drawing. Subconscious. She, yeah, yeah. She's like back in Carbranth, she was doing that. Remember she was just drawing yeah. and then oh, she was yeah. like, oh and then, shit, and then, there's oh, fucking, there's, pa- the there's symbol headed dudes. Yeah. She's just right. literally drawing like stream of consciousness here. So let's, yeah. let's read that part again here. No, it's really great. In fact, she doesn't even know that the time of day has gone on. Right. Like, like the shadows are now long. She notices in a little while, like mm-hmm. she's just in this, in this thing. But I really, I like that she says that, that she thinks that one of these shadowy figures is Yalb. And then the next line is that she, she hoped, um, she wished so much for them to still be alive. She would probably she never would probably know. probably never know. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I hope maybe they might, you know, or that. And then she turned the page and drew what that. came to her. A sketch of a woman kneeling over a body, raising a hammer and chisel as if to slam it down into the person's face. The one Mm. beneath her was stiff, wooden maybe, even stone. Maybe even stone, yeah. Why had she drawn it, she says? What do you think of this? What do do you think of this image? Well, um... Well, I think, strangely enough, what it could be is herself chiseling herself into being. Like, who... Who am I? Who does she... Who who am I? Who who who, who do I want to be? And uh, she's the artist creating the artist. Right. Um, I'm not so sure. I, I, another thought I had was that the woman um, could have been her mother. Her mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if the, if the one beneath was stiff, wooden, maybe even stone, that would right. beg to say, what about the person that's laying? I guess. I wonder, um, maybe it's a the person that's, w- 
like the, the person that's yeah, sorry, there's laying. a sketch of a woman is kneeling over a body, raising a hammer right. and a chisel, right? And right. then the one beneath that's going to receive the hammer and chisel was stiff, wooden, maybe even stone, as if they were not alive. Like right. maybe they were a sculpture. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's really, I, really I, interesting. I took it. I took it to mean. I took it to mean that. Um, she's you know sculpting, you know versions of herself, or she's still sculpting who she is going to become. Mm-hmm. I took it as an artist is working on a, on a piece. It it is strangely described because it uses the word like kneeling over a body. Right. That kind of language. That kind of language for me sort of um, um, you know connotes a, a a murder or or a dead body. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so raising a hammer and chisel over it to slam down onto a person's face. Again, I think that's also interesting. The face, the fa- like the different faces that we wear. Mm. Like, are you are you trying to destroy what's on the ground? It sounds like the it sounds mark? like the thing that's laying on the ground already has a face, and the woman is trying to right. chisel it away. Right. Right. So, like defacing be, her. It could be a defacing. Um, or it could be an attempt to to change or to alter. Right. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, and, I can't. And nor does nor does Shalon because she's like, why had she drawn it? The first one made sense. She was worried yeah, why, about why did the I other draw sailors. This? But what did it say yeah. about her subconscious that she drawn this strange depiction? Right. Right. I th- I think I I'd like to think that it's it's her, um, unsatisfied with who she ultimately will become and she doesn't know what face she ultimately wants to wear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a deep thing. It's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to spend some time on it because I'll be honest. I, mm. um, asked the discord family what they thought about this, Is there this more? scene. Yeah. And I can't tell you anything that, that, that came up because it all refers to future things, but future things. Uh, I, um, okay. I, I read it and I went, Oh fuck, what is this? I don't think I ever noticed this moment in previous reads. So I was like, so I went to the discord and I was like, Hey everybody, what is it? Right. Like, and I took a picture of the spot. I'm like, what do you guys think this all means? And then as they started talking about it, I started realizing it. Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay. But I, then I was, I knew I wanted to mention it to you in the recording, but that I couldn't right, really talk right. to you about it, but I was really curious no. what you were extrapolating from it. So yeah. So it'll, it's, that's, it's, it's interesting. that's what I'm, that's what I'm extrapolating so far cool. is that, is that it's, it's Shalon, um, you know, it's it's like Shalon over top of herself, wondering who, who what face who she could be, who she can be, right. what she's going, what she's going to sculpt, what she's going to draw next. That makes now, a lot of sense because she literally just thought that to herself. Which right. one did she want to be? Could she be all of them? Right, right. Can I can I be all of them? Right. right. Yeah, it's really and really also cool. and and also her plans are. As we're about to find out, her plans are to carry out a ruse that has no intention of becoming this betrothed. Right. So it's kind of like, oh, you want me to be the bride? Well, I'll mar the face of that. Mm-hmm. I'll well, scratch she, she, the... I think she still wants to be the bride. Well, we'll see. Let's let's get to it then. Under her own terms, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I don't have much else to hazard a guess on that unless I missed something earlier. Nope. In terms of the hammer and chisel image... Yeah, maybe I did. 
Was the hammer and chisel mentioned earlier? No, not in this book. That's all I'll say. Oh, in, in Way of Kings? That's all I'll say about it. It was? Really? Mm-hmm. Hammer, chisel, and defacing. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's move oh. on. Th- think about it, and we'll talk about it on this week's Ugly Mugs. Okay, yeah, right? I'll, I'll, I'll think about it and talk yeah. about it, because I'm, I'm allowed to go back over Way of Kings. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You're so, allowed to do that so, kind of research. So too yeah. bad. Yeah. So I will <laughs> do my own research on that. So nanana boo-boo's on you. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's great. That gives me something uh, something to So like uh, you said here, Shalon realizes, holy shit, like I've spent most of the afternoon here drawing. The day has gone right. by so fast. She, We've actually seen her do this previously, kind of lose track of time. But yes. in those moments we've recently been finding out about this is in her flashbacks when she's just zoning out. And then she's like, oh shit, how long have I been standing in this hallway? You know what I mean? So right, here right. she's actively doing something during her zoning out, which is drawing, right? So she still has these like kind of like lost moments of time, which is really freaking cool and kind of creepy too. And similar and similar to Dalinar too, right? right? Yeah, that's right. But th- this this is a little thing that I don't like. Um, Tin, she says, raising her safe hand to her breast. Stormfather, you gave me a fright. She, there, there are several moments here where Shalon doesn't see someone coming. Right. And that's, that I think is going to be a thing with her. She doesn't see certain things coming. Right. She's so engrossed Um, in her own fucking bullshit that. And even Tin, like, like, you know, it's like, I think it happened maybe with Tin in a previous chapter or maybe with, or maybe it was with Vatha, but there's, there's been a few times and let's, let's face it also with the jam. She didn't see that coming. There's a few things that she doesn't see coming. Right. Like she's got, she's got her talents. But her head's down in the books. Right. Her head's down in the drawings. Yep. I agree. You know? I agree. It's definitely it's definitely concerning. Those drawings are nice, but I think you should spend more of your time practicing to forge signatures. Mm. You're natural at that, and it's kind of a work you could do without having to worry about getting into trouble. I do practice it, but I need to practice my art too. You get really into those drawings, don't you? I don't get into them. I put others into them. <laughs> Quick wit. I like that a lot. Yeah, her little quips. I like that a lot. Uh, always fast with a quip. I like that. I need to introduce you to some friends of mine. Once we reach the Shattered Plains, they'll spoil you right quick. That doesn't sound very pleasant. Nonsense. You'd still be yourself. Your jokes would merely be dirtier. <laughs> Lovely, she says. And we already know that she does, Shalon does do this because she uh, had jokes yeah. before she got on the Wind's Pleasure. And then when right. she got to Carbranth, she became a little bit dirtier from hanging out with sailors, so... <laughs> We're going to have to figure out a way to give you a taste of realism, Shalon. Oh, does it come in the form of a tonic these days? No, Tin says, it comes in the form of a punch to the face. It leaves nice girls crying, assuming they're lucky enough to survive. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find that my life hasn't been one of non-stop blossoms and cake. That would have been my alternate title for this. No, non-stop blossoms, blossoms and cake. cake. Yeah. I'm sure uh, you think that, Tin says. Everyone does. Shalon, I like you. I really do. I think you've got heaps of potential, but what you're training for, it will require you to do very difficult things. Things that wrench the soul and rip it apart. You're going to be in situations that you've never been in before. You barely know me, Shalon says. How can you be so certain I've never done these, or I've never done things like this? Because you aren't broken. Perhaps I'm faking, kid. You draw pictures of criminals to turn them into heroes. 
You dance around in flower patches with a sketch pad, and you blush at the mere hint of something racy. However bad you think you've had it, brace yourself. It's going to get worse. And I honestly don't know that you'll be able to handle it. Okay, let's stop here for a Why? second here. Um, let's stop here. Yeah, yeah. let's stop Isn't here that for a brilliant? second. brilliant? I love that exchange. It's yeah. so good, dude. So this is like, again, we just talked about, um, you know, uh, Shalon not seeing stuff coming and all that. But this is yeah. another moment where Tin is not seeing the true Shalon. Correct. Because yeah. we know she she's like, ruse. you know, you, yeah. uh, you, you know, you barely know me. How can you be certain I've never done things like this? Right. Tin doesn't know who the fuck she's messing with right now. No, she and doesn't. She's like, because you're not broken. No. And then she's like, perhaps I'm faking. Right. I love she even this. hints. She even hints to yeah. her of the, tr- of the truth. Yeah. And then she's like, kid, forget yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's so great. There's like these <laughs> layers and layers of this this interaction between Tin and Shalon that I just yeah. really, really love. There is this, I don't know, this- uh, It's crazy. Honesty and and uh, uh, lies at the same time. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk about a little about it when we're done this part. Truths this and chapter. half-truths. Yeah, and, because the, the, we get yeah. into that a little bit more here. Um, She says, why are you telling me this? Because I'm a little over, a, uh, because in a little over a day's time, we're going to reach the Shattered Plains, and this is the last chance for you to back out. And she says, "I." She was going to speak, and what was she going to do about Tin when she arrived? Right. Admit, admit that she had only gone along with Tin's assumptions in order to learn from her. She knows people. Shalon thought, people in the war camps who might be very useful. Should Shalon continue with the subterfuge? She wanted to, though part of her knew it was because she liked Tin and didn't want to give the woman a reason to stop teaching her. I am committed, Shalon says. I want to go through with my plan. A lie. Tin sighed and then nodded. All right. Are you ready to tell me what this grand scam is? <laughs> this is, this is fucking brilliant, dude. This is brilliant. I just, I love it. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Dalinar Colin Shalon says his son is betrothed to a woman from Yaakoved. It's her. Right. Dude. It's like lies and truths all mixed in. You know what? Pattern is having like a lie spren boner right now. He's just like, (laughs) this is amazing. He's like, lies, lies, (laughs) lies. Yeah. He just, (laughs) it's like, it's truth and lies all mixed in. And this is exactly what he loves. This is like the perfect thing for him. It's like it, it become, I think it be, they blend together. They become tries, tries, <laughs> they're tries yeah. everywhere, tries. It's so great though. Like she's using the truth as a lie as the truth. It's just fucked and so fucking cool. <laughs> or the loots. Yeah. Um, uh, Tin raises an eyebrow. Now that's curious. And the woman isn't going to arrive? Not when he expects, Shalon says. I mm-hmm. love this. Right. And you look like her. You could say that. <laughs> I look exactly like her. Right? Yeah. It's the truth, though. You look like her. You could say that. Yeah. Nice. You had me thinking it would be blackmail, which is very tough. This, though, this is a scam you might actually be able to do. I'm impressed. It's bold, but it's attainable. Thank you. So what's your plan, Tin says? Well, I'll go introduce myself to Colin, indicate I'm the woman his son is to marry, and let him set me up in his household. No good. No? Tin says, it puts you too much in Colin's debt. We'll make you seem needy. 
and that will undermine your ability to be respected. What you're doing here is called a pretty face con, an attempt to relieve a rich man of his fears. That kind of job is all about presentation and an image. You want to set up at an inn somewhere in a different war camp or in a different war camp and act like you're completely self-sufficient. Maintain an air of mystery. Don't be too easy for the son to capture. Which one is it, by the way? The older one or the younger one? Adeline. Shalons. Adeline does So she doesn't even know which one's the older one no. or which one's the younger one. Yeah, she just says the name, know. yeah. Yeah. Hmm, not sure if that's better or worse than Renarin. Adeline Colin's a flirt by reputation, so I can see why his father wants him married off. It'd be tough to keep his attention, though. Really? Shalon asks, feeling a spike of concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been almost engaged a dozen times. I think he has been engaged before, actually. It's good you met me. I'll have to work on this to a while to, de- un- to determine the right approach. But you are certainly not going to accept Colin hospitality. Adeline will never express interest if you're not, in some way, unobtainable. Hard to be unobtainable when we're already in a causal. Still important, Tin says, raising a finger. You're the only one who wants... Sorry, you're the, you're the one who wants to do a love scam. They're yeah. tricky, but relatively safe. We'll figure this out. Dude, like, it's such a scam. It's so... And I, and, and I love the... I love that they're both in on it for completely different understandings. Right. It's unless, actually of course, really good advice that Tin gives her because she's like, you can't be in his debt. You have to be apart from it. You can't just live in their house because then you're just going to be around all the time. You have to become, you have to still be a mystery. And if you're you, always accessible to Adeline and obtainable, then he's not going to be that interested in you. You have to keep yourself right. away. He has to be out of reach. And even though she thinks yeah. she's giving her uh, advice on a scam, she's actually giving her advice on the betrothal itself, which is fucking hilarious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Do, do you think that Tin is actually duped or is there a chance that Tin knows all along and that's, the, <clears throat> and that's the truthfully, reveal? truthfully, I can't answer that. Okay. Right. Oh, so maybe I've hinted at a little something. Well, either way, right? Whether or not she's been tricked oh. or she hasn't been, I can't say oh, whether yeah, or right. not, right? You can't say. Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, the woman she'd wanted Shalon, sorry, the woman had wanted Shalon tied to her family. So she's speaking about Yasna. Mm-hmm. So Yasna wasn't around to push for it any longer in terms of this betrothal, but she had wanted Shalon to be tied to her family, presumably because of the surge binding potential. Shalon doubted the rest of the Colin house would be so determined to have a nobody Veden girl marry into the family. As Tin rose, Shalon stuffed away her anxiety. If the betrothal ended, so be it. She had far more important concerns mm-hmm. in Urethiro and the Voidbringers. She would have to figure out a way to deal with Tin, though. A way that didn't involve actually scamming the Colin family. Just one more thing to juggle. Oddly, she found herself excited by the prospect as she decided to do one more drawing before finding some food. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Great chapter. Plans upon plans upon plans. Highlight. I don't know, man. The highlight for me. I don't know. I mean. Mine is, mine is the complicated nature of Shalon and Tin's relationship (laughs) and how they, there is legit the perfect example of lies and truth at the same time. And like I right. said, Pattern just yeah. loves this. Blur- this is exactly what this. Pattern is asking for is lies and truth. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say that my, uh, my favorite thing about this chapter 
is the Gaz drawing and how it describes how, like, what she can do with it. And there's one tiny little detail that I wanted to bring up but didn't get to, that when she gives Gaz the drawing, mm-hmm. it says in the text that Gaz took it reverently. Yeah. Almost as if he was accepting a Eucharist. Right. Something, you know, like yeah. it was something holy. Right. It was like, I don't know. I really liked the, I, I thought the word reverently, that he took it reverently was, was well placed. For sure. And, and Shalana is uh, very religious. As we saw earlier, she prays to right. Shalash. And, and yeah. showing more of her religious side, which is, which is yeah, cool. which is really like, cool. She's, yeah. She's, yeah. Maybe that should have been in my list of, of things that Shalon is or was, is I should add um, a good Voren girl, because she definitely is a good Voren girl. You know, safe hand, She's praying, good... writing prayers, all that stuff. Yeah, um, Shalash. My, uh, my other alternate highlight is that um, we almost <laughs> got a taste of Jim uh, James Cameron's uh, avatar in this, oh. because they said that uh, um, Adeline um, uh, uh, will never express interest if you're not in some way un- unobtainium. I mean, unobtainable. Unobtainable. <laughs> unobtainium. <laughs> yeah. So I've always found that that name for that metal absolutely stupid. Is that, <laughs> is that actually the thing, unobtainium? Isn't that what they call it in that movie, unobtainium? I, I, I can't remember. It, I don't remember. It's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I saw I saw unobtainable and I thought. I remember, I remember liking the movie. That movie for me, it's funny. I don't remember a lot of the details like that. What I loved about it was the immersion with all the flora and fauna and yeah. everything. I just loved that. And you also that. loved the ride at Disney World. Oh, yeah. The ride was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was unreal. You know what else yeah. is unreal? Uh, info dump? The info dump. Info dump. Dude, I'm like the king of transitions over here. <laughs> Let's bring this shit on. <laughs> and I'm the king of all transitions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, the, uh, the first thing that we should talk about is that we sort of take for granted that Dalinar and Adeline have Rishadium. Um, in the Sadius chapter, um, obviously, uh, it was pointed out that Sadius loves, would love to have a Rishadium. Oh yeah. But he, he's got a regular horse and he actually has to be very careful when he gets on his regular horse because it could... One, it could throw him off because he's so heavy. Two, yeah. it could hurt the horse to actually get on oh. improperly. So crazy. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So we kind of take for granted the fact that Adeline and Dalinar just fucking leap onto their horses, and but like the weight of their armor would crush a regular horse's back if they didn't do it properly. Mm-hmm. So it's good to remember. Right. right. Um, yep. One of the things I loved in the part with the duel is that <clears throat> he, uh, Sadius uh, mentions that. Elokar saves seats for these duels for dark eyes. Yes. And that I there are, that, yeah. uh, that there's so many light eyes um, that the most, some of them can't come to the fight because there's no seats for right. them. Because no he's seats. saving them I for know. the dark eyes, which, you know, we, we think of Elokar as kind for of their... like a spoiled brat type king, but, you know, he's but... actually letting the dark eyes kind of be involved in this like communal theater, this this arena, which I think is really kind of cool. It's a it's a part of uh, Alucard is... that we kind of forget about. I'm I like to think that that's a little bit of Kaladin, and hopefully Dalinar in his ear. Maybe I I, I, I mean maybe I, more, I don't, probably I don't more Dalinar that, than I don't Kaladin. Know how that would be so, but well, because Kaladin the way I hasn't like become. It the captain of his guard yet it's that's just about to happen like Dalinar just told him you're going to be we right. haven't seen those scenes yet so right um but i do i do like this from elicar it's a it's a it's a nice little change of uh, uh of a light eyes way of doing things 
Um, mm. they, they mentioned elates, which are like uh, the rock uh, yes. um, formations the that ridges. we saw, but yep. a very large one is called elate. So normally uh, towns or mm. villages will be kind of built in the, the wake of these lates, which is really, really interesting. And then uh, last but not least, we also, you mentioned it earlier, we got Life Spren, which are little green mopes bobbing between leaves and blossoms, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. We might have gotten the description of, uh, of Life Spren before. I couldn't really remember, so I figured I'd just add it into the... Uh, pop it in there. Yeah, pop it into Give the little info. Spren. So that's the end of the episode, everybody. If uh, mm-hmm. you enjoyed the episode and you enjoy listening to us, you can always um, support the show by rating and reviewing anywhere you can or telling people word of mouth. You know, get, uh, get on the, the horn and tell all your friends that you want to have them listened along with you. It'd be amazing. We just want more earballs uh, uh, to listen to us. <laughs> if you want to support the show directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash heroes of. We have several different tiers there with all kinds of different things like early access, bonus episodes, um, we um, do all kinds of fun things for the uh, Patreon community, and we love them so much. Um, actually, speaking of the Patreon community, I should probably do some quick shout-outs to the Patreon community. Mm, yeah. I keep forgetting where I last left off with the, the shout-outs and the thank yous, so I will just go down oh, the list here yeah. of some uh, I might have been overlapping. I'd like to thank Pac-Man in Idaho, Jason Stock. Ashlyn Lee, who's actually been on the um, on the Ugly Mug mm-hmm. show a couple times. Hi, Ashlyn. <laughs> um, uh, Anna P., Joseph Bruno, Pat Bevins, and I'm pretty sure we've already thanked Thomas Kovar, but we'll thank him again. Thanks, Thomas. Um, Let's thank him again. Let's just thank him every time. Um, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, um, you can do so by uh, uh, email at uh, heroesofacathra at gmail.com. The, um, you can, the, the, the link is on the, in the show notes. You can just click that and it'll take you right to us. Um, if you want to uh, reach out on Twitter, you can at Heroes of One. Um, or you can always find us at the storm pod on Instagram. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Um, if you are a Redditor and you like to spend your time on Reddit, we have our own Reddit now, our own subreddit, the storm pod. Uh, we've only got a few people on there right now, but, uh, you know, it grows uh, little by little. So, uh, everything helps. Um, anyways, thank you so much guys for listening to the show. Um, we, uh, love you very, very much. And, uh, till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Acathra.